that's horrifying for me because I'm a control freak and I like to have a plan. But life does that sometimes. This morning we're going to continue our study in the book of Mark. So if you would turn to Mark 6, right where you were this morning in your morning Bible study, you looked at a passage in Mark 6 and you discovered or you discussed which topic. Someone help me. There we go, where Jesus sends out his disciples for ministry. Uh, I'm extremely jealous that you already discussed that, and I don't have the opportunity to go in depth there. Uh, It's one of my favorite passages to teach on, but we're going to hit it closely and and, um, draw some conclusions around it from Mark 6 this morning. As we've studied the book of Mark, we've realized that this book is all about action. The gospel spurs us along to action. It causes us to take the truth that we hold into our hearts and demonstrate it with our hands. So for many today, when we hear that word Christianity, we think about morality, knowledge, or social connections. But for the first century Christians, for those who follow Jesus closely, it was first about identity with Him. Identity with Jesus, following after Him, doing what He did, obeying His commands. So as we're on this journey through the book of Mark, this powerful book, We're faced with the question, what does it actually mean to follow Jesus? And we've discussed that. We began our study by talking, taking a look at that call to follow. Remember that? Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus provided vision and mission for us to follow. The next week, we discovered that following Jesus is about a growing relationship that takes time and commitment. Then we asked the question two weeks ago, who can follow Jesus? Remember, we identified only those who understand their true state can really follow Jesus. So today, I want to take the next step, and we're going to look at the task. What is the task before us that Jesus has given his followers, and what does that mean to us today? So as we look at Mark 6, well, before we do that, uh, I I have the privilege of coaching another baseball team this spring, and um, we put teams together, and we've... Uh, organized everything and given opportunities to practice. And we were told, you can start practicing this week. And that week was spring break week. And then we got our game schedule, which is next week. So I had the great honor of trying to prepare 13, 11, 12, and 13-year-old boys to play baseball in two practices. Randy, that's impossible. And in years past, we've had weeks, two or three weeks, to start from the ground up to work on fundamentals, fielding, throwing, base running, hitting, and then we can organize an outfield, an infield, a batting lineup, and prepare for the first game, usually sprinkling in some scrimmages along the way. Well, we had this week full of rain, So I had Friday night and I had Saturday morning. We were hustling trying to get in before the rain started to prepare these kids to play next week. And I had a task in front of me. I had to take weeks worth of instruction and cram it into two hours. So I had to narrow down my focus to do one thing, to prepare this this team, these kids, to go out 
and be successful on a field next week. Impossible task. Impossible task. If we think about the church, and we think about the Christian life, and we think about following Jesus, I'm afraid that we've made a grave mistake as churches. Is we have made it so complicated to follow Jesus. And so confusing that when it comes time for you to step out onto the field, there is no way you can perform. You're not sure what to do or how to respond when the ball has hit your way. So today I want to think about that and look at Jesus' words in Mark chapter 6. And try to narrow our focus on the essentials, the task in front of us as followers of Christ. So look with me at Mark chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 7, right where you were this morning. So let's kind of recap. I know some of you didn't quite make it to Bible study. So we'll kind of refresh your memory here. Mark chapter 6, verse 7. And he called the twelve... And began to send them out two by two, and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He charged them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. And he said to them, Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you depart from there. And if any place will not receive you, they will not... And they will not listen to you. When you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. Wow. Verse 12. So he went out and proclaimed that people should repent. And they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them. If you're following along your outline, following Jesus means that we must do three things that we're going to find in Mark chapter 6. Here in this short passage that you looked at in your Bible study time. You see that Jesus strictly commands us. Following Jesus means that we must go. That is a clear command in Scripture. You must go. We see that in the Great Commission at the end of Matthew, right before Jesus departs. But he shares with us, in order for us to make an impact, we talked about this a few weeks ago, for you to make an impact on the world around you, you have to be in the world around you. You cannot segregate yourself in a holy huddle. And Jesus calls his disciples out, and they go out on mission with His authority and His power to do great things. Look what they did. What did they do in this passage? They cast out demons. What else did they do? They healed. I mean, they had the power of God within them. Jesus equipped His followers for ministry, and then He sent them out. He called them to go out in faith and complete dependence upon the harvest. Look closely at what He told them to bring and not bring. The focus is, don't prepare to take care of yourself. God is going to take care of you based on the harvest. Yes, based on the fruit of your labor, as you go out and you work, God's going to provide for your needs. We kind of have that mindset reversed today, don't we? We think, I'm going to take care of my needs first, and then I will try to help somebody else out. But here God is calling them clearly to go. Don't worry about your needs. You're going to be taken care of. Go and stay in a house, build relationships with someone, impact lives, and they don't listen to you, what do you do? That is hard for me to do. Extremely hard for me to do. 
Because I want everybody to hear and I want everybody to grow. But there's a big picture going on here. There's something big happening and Jesus is trying to spread the good news and using us, his followers, to do that. So let me ask you a question. Understanding the fact that the task that we have as followers of Jesus means that we must go into the world and impact the world with the gospel. Okay, through your life, as you interact with others, you are called to make an impact on this community. So my question, and we're going we're gonna to generalize this as a church, so I don't want you to feel bad leaving. I want us to feel bad leaving, okay? Not singling anybody out. We're just all in the same boat here. Let me ask this question. Are we succeeding in this task? If Jesus is calling us to go, as you studied in your Bible study time, as a church, are we succeeding? And that's not necessarily a question you, I want you to answer out loud, but it's something we need to determine. Are we succeeding in the task that Christ has given us? As a church, are we equipping you, are we preparing you, and are we sending you out into our community? That's a question we have to answer. Because that is an essential task that Christ has given us as a church. To equip, to prepare, and to go. Scripture is very clear on my task. It's not to do all the ministry. It's to equip you to do the ministry. It's to equip His followers to do the work of the ministry. We're all in this together, and I've been very clear about that. But we have to be real sober with ourselves and ask the question. And we've done this with our teams and our executive teams. Let's put everything on the table. Let's evaluate what we're doing and why we're doing it. And if it doesn't meet the essential goals of the church, of what Christ has called us to do, then we need to push it aside and not do it. So the question is, the number one task Christ has given us is to go, right? So think about your heart. As a member of Bearing Cross, as someone who attends this church, are we doing a very good job of equipping you for ministry? Based on that answer, it should determine what we do next, right? We either need to double down our efforts and prepare you for the work, or we keep trucking along like we have been. We've got to determine which path we need to go on. That's the number one task that Jesus has given us, to go. Followers of Jesus must go. But it doesn't end there. Let's continue reading. If you look in Mark 6, and it begins with his rejection, and we talked about that a few weeks ago, the dynamics with family and who is Jesus' family. Then we see the sending of the twelve, and then as they go out, word spreads, and who finds out about it? Everyone does, and then we see this interaction with Herod, right? And we hear this question about who is Jesus, and they start that interchange, and we talked about that last week. Who is Jesus? And then we, talk, and then we see the, the details of John the Baptist and how he ended his life. But after the interlude, we jump back in. Look at verse 30 of chapter 6. The apostles returned to Jesus. They finished their journey, and they returned to Jesus. And they told him about all that they had done and all that they had taught. Verse 31, and Jesus said to them, what happens next? Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. 
For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. You see, following Jesus means that we must go, but it also means that we must rest. Following Jesus means that we must rest. We see this interaction happen again. We saw it earlier when Jesus was trying to get away and rest. Here Jesus stresses the importance of rest and recovery. After a significant time of ministry, Jesus is leading his followers into a time of rest. How interesting is it? that we see that they were so busy with the work of the ministry, that initial essential calling of going and making an impact to those around you, that the disciples, the followers of him, didn't even have time for what? They didn't even have time to eat. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been so busy that you just did not have time to stop and eat? Or to try to bring it into today's age, have y'all ever been so busy that the red dots just piled up on your phone? Y'all know those red dots? You know what I'm talking about? I know if you have an iPhone, you get these notifications that pop up on your phone. And de- depending on which apps you use, could determine how many or what kind of noti- notifications. And there's a big debate about which, what kind of person are you. Are you a person that reads every email as soon as they come across your phone? Or are you one that likes to let it add up? Even those that have thousands of thousands of red dots on their screen waiting to be read. That drives me crazy. I'm one of those people that constantly kind of check. And you, I, I read about habits of effective people, and it is... A common principle of those who are highly effective to only do those things at certain times of the day. You only check your email once or twice a day. I'm not a person that can handle that. But we get so busy with the things of life that what? We forget to slow down and take a breath. I'm preaching to myself here. You just don't have time. Luckily, there's a few of you around here that constantly remind me to disappear for a while or to take some time away or slip off. Even our secretary reminds me to stop and eat lunch some days. But it happens in life. And we get so busy. But Jesus clearly tells his disciples what here? Let's get away and let's rest. And not just stop and take a breath, but let's physically move away from the chaos, and let's take time to breathe. Let's take time to breathe, to rest, and to recover. It's so, you know, the last seven days have been difficult for me in the fact that I have not been able to think or breathe. (laughs) Last Sunday, I stood here and I felt awful. And I tried to put on a brave face, but I had this head cold, and it was just killing me. And it's been that battle. Y'all been there, right? And so when you get sick, the best thing you can do is what? Rest. 
It's not recommended to continue working. That doesn't help you get over things faster. Jesus wants us to slow down and rest. So let me ask us the question. We see the command he gives his followers to go. And then we see the command that he gives his followers to rest. So as a church, how effective are we in this area? Are we very successful in providing opportunity for you to rest? Or do we jam-pack our schedule so full to where you feel that the church contributes to your lack of rest? Is it not biblical to provide opportunities for you to rest and recover in the church? Exactly. The few that are actually doing most of the work are so exhausted with the work. So how good, and that's something we have to evaluate as we move forward, how good are we at providing opportunities for us to rest? Do we build in those chances? Or do we schedule ourselves in a way to where we completely eliminate an opportunity for us to rest? Rest is good. We also have to understand the fact that when does rest come? It comes after the work, does it not? We see that in the beginning, in the creation, that Jesus worked, and then, I mean, God worked, and then God rested. We see that in Jesus, in the New Testament, Jesus worked and Jesus rested. Now, we are not in any way okaying procrastination, laziness, ineffective work. But we have to remember the truth of the fact that when we work hard, we must rest well. Following Jesus means that we must go. Following Jesus also means that we must rest. And then following Jesus also means something else. You see, as we rest, or as the disciples rested here, Something happened, right? What happened next? Look at verse 33. Now many saw them going and recognized them. So they're trying to get away and rest. And the crowd does what? Pursues them, right? And they ran there on foot from all the towns and got ahead of them. They're excited and they cannot wait to see what happens next. Verse 34. When they went ashore, he saw a great crowd. And he had compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Verse 35, and, he, and when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desolate place, and the hour is now late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy them something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. You see, following Jesus, and we know this account well, and we know what happens next. We have the interchange between how much money will it take, we don't have the resources to meet the need, 
and then we find the resources and we see over 5,000, at minimum 5,000 were fed in this account. <clears throat> but here we see a key truth. Following Jesus means that we must go. Following Jesus means that we must rest. But following Jesus also means that we must meet the need around us. You see Jesus, and as they were trying to get away, there was a great need around him. He saw a group of people that were like sheep without a shepherd, so he taught them. And then the disciples discovered, or they realized that this crowd needed something else. What did they need? They needed sustenance. They needed food. And Jesus' response to the disciples was what? You do it. You see, on the heels of this mission trip that they had just finished, the disciples are faced with a dilemma. How will they get this done? How will they meet the need in front of them? And Jesus stressed to them, you meet the need. You meet the need. You just got done with this incredible trip where you met all kinds of needs left and right, two by two. And now you're here with the crowd and you're looking back to me and saying, what are you going to do about it, Jesus? Jesus is reminding his followers that I have prepared you for work. I have equipped you with everything you need to meet the need around you. So therefore, you meet the need. He's reminding us that we're, if we are effective in our preparation, if we do our job as the church, Jesus is stressing that we should meet the need around us. Reminding us that it is He who equips. It is He who provides. It is He who prepares the followers to meet the needs of others. So let me ask you the question. As a church, are we succeeding? Are we succeeding at setting you up for success? So that when you see a need in the world around you, your response is not to pick up the phone and call the pastor, but to do what? To meet the need. Now there's always times and there's always circumstances where you need help. But as a church, one of our primary tasks must be to set you up for success. To tee the ball up for you to hit a home run. So that when you are living and when you are moving and when you are breathing inside your community and you see a great need, you are already ready and equipped to meet the need around you. Are we preparing, equipping, and leading each other to meet the needs of others around us in the world? We can be effective with a few. And Brian, you said it. In most churches, there are a few that do the majority of the work. We can be effective that way. But God's calling us to make an incredible impact. And in order for us to do that, it takes every single one of us, every single one of us, prepared and equipped and ready to meet the needs of the world around us, serving with our hands and our feet. And that's the question that we have to ask as a church every day. Are we preparing you for ministry? Are we providing you with opportunities to rest, 
and recuperate and recover from your work? Are we meeting the needs of our community? Those are questions we have to answer every day. That's what effective Christian ministry is. That's what following Jesus is all about. As we continue this journey through the Gospel of Mark, we're discovering that there's an incredible depth to following Jesus. And as we follow, Jesus will continue to stretch us, He will mold us, and He will impress upon us the way we should go. He will prepare and equip us to make an impact on our community. But we have to remember something. Doing this might just look different than we've ever experienced before in our life. We've heard the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right? But what's the definition of insanity, right? What is it? Do the same thing over and over expecting different results. Guys, it's time to move. It's time to impact. It's time for a great work to occur as the Spirit of God moves through us and we serve our community. So we must ask these questions. Are we going? Are we resting? Are we meeting the need around us? And as a church, are we setting ourselves up for success in these areas? And then if we ask that question, no, and we answer that question, no, we're not, then what needs to change? And a lot of times it's our heart that needs to change, our heart attitude. Sometimes it's a schedule needs to change. Maybe you need to make priorities and let some things slide off your schedule. Maybe you need to refocus your priorities in life back toward your family and your church. As a church, maybe we need to really look at the way we do things and make some slight adjustments here or there to really focus in on what God's calling us to do. But it's simple, the task that's ahead of us, to go, to rest, and to meet the need in our community. Are you ready to do that? I hope you are. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for your word. How clear, how clear and incredible it is. To see you mold and make these followers into men who make an incredible impression on the world. And Jesus, we ask that same thing this morning. We ask that you would just mold us. That you would prepare us. That you would help us to really take a hard look at ourselves and what we do so that we can be fully equipped and prepared to go and to meet the needs in the world around us. But Father, remind us too the importance of taking time to rest and recover. So Father, as we take the next step together, speak to our hearts, impress upon us what you want us to do, what it means to follow, and I pray that we would be obedient to that call on our hearts. In your son's name we pray. Amen.